Welcome to the That Don't Fit podcast, a podcast where we're dedicated to talking about life and life's real issues that cross racial and generational lines. My name is Jared Torrance, and I'm here with my co-host, Andy Farmer. We're friends, we're pastors, we're wanting to help people talk and process life in a crazy world. Welcome to the conversation. Good to be back. Yes. (laughs) We've been talking about some serious stuff in the first number of episodes we've done, so we thought we'd like to change up a little bit and talk about some stuff that we would be a little little lighter um, and also give you a chance to get to know us. We've been talking through, how how do we get folks get to know us without just talking about ourselves? And so... (laughs) So the the idea came up is we just we talk about talk about music, yeah, um, and let you get to know a little bit about us through the music we've listened to and the things that have influenced us. So that's that's kind of where we're going with this. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we both uh, love music quite a bit. Uh, both of us are musicians. We uh, grew up listening to music, playing music, loving music. Do you write music? No. Okay. <laughs> Writing music is a part yeah. of part of my life as well, and so. Um, it's, uh, going through these albums is one way to really get into, uh, who we are, what influences us, what have shaped, what has shaped us. And I'm actually, uh, pretty excited to, <laughs> to jump into some of these things of mm-hmm. spanning across generational lines of influential music. Yeah. yeah. Should be good. And you, you notice he used the word album. If you're not familiar with that concept, <laughs> uh, an album used to be something that people would put out. Like it's a set of songs. <laughs> It was often put down on this thing called a record, and you'd actually put it into your your uh, your phonograph, and uh, and you would play the record. And then they developed uh, other other means of playing. But the idea behind an album is it's an artist who has something they want to say in in multiple songs. Yes, yeah. and uh, it's an expression of, of of thoughts. And so the reason I think it's important for us is because we grew up sort of on albums. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't just sort of like playlist it. We just yeah. you the albums sort of they and and they they drop at times in your life. Right. That affect you, mm-hmm. and so you anticipate them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, albums are coming out now, but but the idea that this band or this this artist is releasing an album. We know ahead of time it's coming. We're waiting for it. What's it going to be on it? Yes. Yeah. And then how you know how we deal with that and what's the what does the artist say? So it's a it's a conversation. An album's a conversation between an artist and a listener mm-hmm. about what the artist wants to talk about. So we thought that'd be great because that's what affected us as albums, and so that's why we're using an album approach to this, not just a what are what are songs. Yes, exactly. So, yep. Yeah. And also uh, something that is specific to this is albums that have a shaping influence. So we're not mm-hmm. even necessarily talking about our all-time favorite artists or all-time yeah. favorite albums, which actually made it harder to <laughs> narrow down it. It's yeah. just like, okay, what can I trace in my life uh, that has been shaped, specifically influenced by this album? Let's let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, so some, some things as we go through. What we decided to do is let's just choose eight. You choose more, but I'm going to limit you to eight. <laughs> Because um, I could go more too, but then we'd be doing this for weeks. Yes. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna we chose eight albums that were influential in our lives, um, and we're gonna talk about them. We're talking about them in groups. So we'll, tonight today we'll actually do maybe about about four of them, and <laughs> then we'll probably take two or three podcasts to do this as a way for you to get to know us better and for us to just enjoy talking about music and learning. We you know when we first got together. I remember driving down to to, to Winston Salem. Yeah. Uh, just talking about music pretty much the whole way back and back and forth and just listening to stuff and yeah. 
And so it's always been part of our relationship. And so what you'll notice if you're a music person is several things about the list. Number one, um, there are no common artists or or albums on this yes. list. There, we we are we are totally different yes. worlds on that. Um, <laughs> the other thing you'll notice, and I don't know if it should be, I should be ashamed of this or not, but there is nothing from the '80s or '90s not, not on one. these lists. So it's basically '60s, '70s, and then 2000 and after. Yes. And part of that's our age difference, right? Right. Yep. And uh, and also part of what what shaped us. Uh, uh, and so, for example, for me. My list doesn't contain anything. I don't think. Maybe there's a Nate. Uh, I think it's '79 is the last one. My musical experience was shaped up to that point, but then something happened. I, I became a Christian, mm-hmm. at, at that point, and and it wrecked my whole understanding of how music functions in my life. And so when I talk about shaping influences from 1980 on, I had already been shaped. Yeah. Uh, so so being a non-Christian growing up listening to stuff and then having your life rearranged from the inside out by Christ changes the way you even approach music. So there were years yeah. where I was like, I don't trust anything I'm, I'm listening to. I don't trust myself <laughs> listening to music. Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot of Keith Green and other people that you're trying to kind of learn how to listen to. Mm-hmm. I had to learn how to listen to Christian music. So there's no Christian music in my list at all. Yeah. Um, and most of my list is going to be be folks, be, be albums or bands that would be fairly prominent. You, mm-hmm. Most people would know them, at okay. least know them by by name, because mm-hmm. that's what shaped me growing up in sort of the classic rock era. Um, where yours is going to be much more diverse. Yes. Um, a lot more different influences. Yeah, all um, over the place. So it's interesting. Also, I think the way we're going to approach mine is going to be chronological. Okay. Uh, because it is how this shaped me at certain points in my life. Got it. And, and for you, you're just going to drop in and sort of choose things that... Whatever reasons you want. Yes, <laughs> it's fantastic. So that's a little bit of an overview. So we're going to start uh, with me. Yep. Um, and with with the first album um, from me, and uh, it's an album by a band called Three Dog Night. <laughs> Again, there be people who are maybe listening to this who are my age who will know this band. Yes. Uh, they were. Sort of, they were really popular in the late '60s, early '70s. About three years, they were probably the top pop band in in the world. Uh, wow. And you're familiar with them; you know them well. And well, <laughs> here's what happened. Here's what happened. So I was actually listening to it yeah. as I was doing some morning stuff, getting ready. And then that uh, "One Is the Loneliest Number" song came on, and I was like, "That what in the world?" <laughs> The, the people who made this had a name. <laughs> yeah, it actually isn't just a jingle. Right, it actually was a song. Yeah, yeah, they, they do get brought in that kind of stuff. But it's an interesting. If you if you don't are familiar with them, yeah. probably the best analogy I could bring would be something like they were something like a Maroon Five or Coldplay. Is now uh, is now. Oh wow! But in terms of popularity, yeah, they yeah. were that big. And uh, for a brief period of time, the difference is they didn't write their own stuff. They were dependent on other writers. And so, so that shaped how they, uh, what you heard. And so they were a singles band. Yep. Um, but uh, the other thing about them is that their, their lineup, it was three lead singers and then backing musicians. But not like a Motown sort of a feel. Yeah, yeah. They were kind of doing this, 
they would do harmonies, but they were also both all three lead singers, and they trade off. So if you listen to an album, mm-hmm. uh, you would hear all three of them sing very distinctive, different voices. So it was very unusual, yeah. very popular. Uh, the one I, I I asked him to listen to is just it's is a greatest hits album, and that's mostly because the album in particular that I had uh, in mind was a greatest hits album, but it's no longer you can't access, you can't even find it anywhere. Okay. So I this is kind of more of one of those millennial albums that that you can get now. Okay. But it's also basically most of their hits. So the reason it's on my list <laughs> is because. Uh, they were very popular, and I listened to a lot of it when I was. And it, so this is I'm talking late '60s, early '70s. I'm nine, ten, eleven, okay, twelve yeah. years old. But the thing that stands out about them is that this is the first concert I ever went to. Was a Three Dog Night concert. Okay. Yeah. In 1971, and the interesting thing about it is that it was a big show. It was a show in Atlanta Fulton County Stadium, uh, about forty thousand people. In the show, in the stadium, Rod Stewart and Faces, another big band, uh, was the opening act. But I was 12 years old, seventh grade, and my mom dropped me and a friend off at the stadium <laughs> to go into this 50,000, 40,000 uh, people concert. Of course, yes. And said, I'll pick you up at 11. No. <laughs> Yes. Seventh grade. That's awesome. <laughs> Those are different times. And uh, and I remember going, I, this doesn't feel safe. <laughs> but I've got a ticket and I gotta go. And uh, so so we went. So my experience, that was my first yes. live music experience. That's yep. I never saw anything live music until I sat in forty thousand people watching Three Dog Night That's with my right. se- my seventh grade buddy uh, with no parental supervision. <laughs> 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 so that's basically what you need to know. That is amazing. Uh, that's so, fantastic. Yeah. So that's my first album. That's awesome. And uh, my first album I'm going to talk about is uh, the album Illinois by Sufjan Stevens. Um, so this album came out in 2005. You know, I was in high school at the time, and uh, the the reason I it, the reason I picked this album is because so I don't think there's any song I've written. Uh, that it doesn't have some either melodic trace or some sort of influence from this album particularly. Uh, it was uh, it was at a time you know I had uh, you know I had my Walkman, but uh, our house had just gotten like a little uh, mini stereo thing that had like a disc player that you just put in, in the in the top of it. Boombox. Boom. Yeah, a little boombox. Uh, boombox. Yeah. Boombox with a CD player. So it was yeah. like I was like oh snap, <laughs> and so you know in the morning. Um, in the mornings, I'd wake up. Each day, so this is part of my morning routine. I'm getting breakfast ready, different things like that. And I'd put in this Illinois album. And it starts off with this beautiful, melodic uh, piano sound. And it just kind of set the tone for the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I didn't realize is I was getting so influenced by his, his uh, Sufjan's melodic uh, melodic tones and, and the melodies he put together. But also, this is his. I think this is one of his heaviest like rhythmic-centric mm. albums. And uh, so he's doing different kind of cadences with his voice and everything else is kind of dancing around his cadence. And so to me, like, this is this is also one of the first albums that I like am discovering on my own. So I had a buddy introduce me to Sufjan Stevens a while back. It's actually a funny story how I got introduced to him. We were at a, a Christian music festival and this dude was like, so this would have been in like maybe the year 2002, 2001. So before hipsters were a so thing. So you're old, how old were you? 
I would have been like 12 or something like that. Mm-hmm. I can't, yeah, 10, 10, 12. Mm-hmm. So it was probably 2003. Yeah. I got introduced to Sufjan. And, um, you know, this guy was hipster way before hipsters were even a thing. Like, it's, it was like borderline hippie hipster kind of thing going on with this guy's name. Is, I, yeah, I'll drop his name. He's the man, Teddy Brown. Okay. And uh, I remember he had an like actual boombox and he had a, somehow he had a tape of Sufjan. And Sufjan, like, at this point, tapes aren't even still being used. Yeah. But I remember he had a boombox and he's like, kind of like headbanging, dancing yeah. to like this banjo. And I yeah. was like, what? I have never experienced this. And that kind of led me on this whole like, hipster path of music like i'm just like dude what else am i not aware of that is out there musically i've never heard someone jam out to a banjo that's not like like it's not that it was just like he's kind of just doing some light finger picking like it's more like he's playing it like a guitar he's doing most of the instrumentation himself too right Mm -hmm, yes Yeah. yeah And so uh, that led me on the Sufjan path, which led me to this album, which is one of my favorites of his. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all of the songs on here have so many crazy sections. Like there's a section where there's a horn section doing something. Yeah. And then all of a sudden these beautiful strings come in. And it, it's like each song is like three songs in one, for better or for worse. Like sometimes I'm like, what? why is this song... I'm looking at a song right now. Like there's no reason for the song Chicago to be six minutes and five seconds. Yeah. But it is, and I love it, and I'm yeah, here yeah. for it. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I just enjoyed uh, digging that album and it, the sonic sounds of all of it. It's all over the map. Yeah. And I think it hits on, you know, he even tries to dabble into a little bit of funk uh, at, at one point. And it's just, it's just a, it's a fun little album. And, you know, he has this thing where he's like, I want my album to sound like a, a bad sixth grade band. And I'm just like, <laughs> why Why would you want that, Sufjan? But I'm here for it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and one more one more comment on this is uh, this was when he was still on his endeavor of he wanted to travel travel to all fifty states and yeah. write an album about each state. Yeah, I, I think he made it to three of them, and then he realized I'm not I'm not doing this. Yeah, but at the time I'm like, okay, here's Illinois. You know, this is going to be great, and um, I, I can't wait till he does the Ohio album. Uh-huh. That's where, it, it never happened, yeah, which happened, makes yeah. sense. We don't need like the Midwest. It's, it's like yeah, it's you just cornfields. Kinda, I hate to say you do one album and kind of covers. It co- yeah, of Illinois country. covered most of the Midwest. <laughs> that's <right. laughs> so that's that's my first off, my uh, Chicago yeah. or Illinois by yeah, Sufjan Stevens. So uh, yeah, listen to it. I mean, I'm familiar with him, uh, and you know Chicago in particular. Yeah. I really love that song, and it does go on, but. <laughs> But you, it's intentional. Yes. It isn't just he didn't know how to end it. Yep. You know, he, so so it's it's a great song. I do feel like he's a guy, and if you haven't listened to him, the, the like melodies just kind of drop out of him. Yes. Like yeah. like like it just kind of they fall out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like you know he just starts and oh that's a beautiful melody yes. and then he's very creative in his in his mm-hmm. uh, he kind of creates the song creative but, and uh, weird yeah yes. and weird yeah yes. and weird and not from, afraid to do things with that. And it sounds like what the effect of is he's been an influence not only musically but just the way he interacts with mm-hmm. how he how he relates to his life through the way he writes his songs. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And he's not just sort of linear. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the kind of songs I write. Yeah. You know, he's he really does express himself that way. Yeah. That's great. That's great. So so my my second album uh, for today is The Beatles Abbey Road. Came out in I think nineteen seventy. Yes. Uh, I just found out <laughs> that you've never listened to Abbey Road. <laughs> this is correct. 
I have never listened through Abbey Road. I think Sufjan would be offended. <laughs> I guarantee he would be. I think. I think. I think many people just unfollowed me on social media <laughs> after after you said it. They they paused. They paused the yeah, podcast yeah. and have uh, written me off. Yeah, that's the first album I ever bought with my own money. That was my. <laughs> that was like okay. I'm gonna buy an album. I'm gonna save up. It's 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 eight ninety nine. Oh, and uh, and I'm gonna buy the record, and I and I I I don't know if I still have it in some place or not. Yeah, it, it, the the cover was all trashed, but I uh, but I kept it for years, um, wore it out. Uh, Beatles, you know, they're they are who they are. Who are the Beatles? Um, I'm, 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 I'm playing. I'm playing. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna. <laughs> and I, you know, I would say this. Yeah, I love the Beatles. I'm not like a like fanatic. Yeah. Um, I just appreciate the Beatles and where they came from and mm-hmm. what they did. The thing that's interesting about this album, and I do recommend you listen to it, uh, uh, to call yourself somebody who's musical, <laughs> you should at least listen to it. Uh, but what they did, the fascinating thing about it is they're coming to the end of their career. They're 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 kind of the band's kind of dying. Okay. The, the big story is they were they were huge. They were touring. And then they got very artistic in what they were doing, and they couldn't reproduce it in live shows, so they oh. just stopped touring. They just stopped doing concerts. So the last <laughs> several years of their, they just didn't do concerts because they felt we can't do it. We can't recreate. We can't recreate doing. it. Um, and 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 so and every so so you imagine everything they're doing is on four track or eight track. Yes. Yep. Yep. So this album, Abbey Road, is is an eight track album. Okay. Uh, in the way it's recorded. And the amount of things they do with it. But what they did is they were all living in separate worlds at that point. They were all doing separate things. They were effectively only a band in terms of their label. Okay. But they thought, we need to do one more album. And let's just take what we have and let's do a retrospective of, of everything we've ever done with new songs. And so they actually, what they do with that album is they take their songs... And they, so pretty much every possible Beatles sound is in this album. Is in this album in new songs. Interesting. Yeah. Is this the last album they ever did together? It's the last album they ever recorded together. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And even then they were kind of sometimes they didn't all, they were at odds with each other, so they were in the studio different times. Yeah. But but the last album they collaborated on, I'll say that way. And and you listen to it and you think, yeah, I can find pretty much any any sound. Hmm snippet on this album that I've heard in the last 30 or 40 years. Interesting. You know, and, and artists will tell you, they go back, you know, I start yeah. with Abbey Road and I, I pull from that. So that's, to me, that was like, that's how I lived. I lived with big earphones. Yeah. Like laying on my bed, letting that, those songs just soak into my brain. That is so great. Uh, without any idea of what they were about. <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize Abbey Road was late in their career. Yeah, very late. Just because yeah. it's like the one you hear about the most. I would yeah. assume like this is their this is their coming out part. It's like, here we go, no. Abbey Road, let's see if no, we can recreate it's, it's that. It's literally the opposite. It's their statement yes. about what we can do. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like their old little mic drop. Yeah, so mic drop. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly what it is. It's a mic drop. Second last album, chronologically. That's wild. So yeah, so it's a great album. So man, all right, that's fantastic. I guess I got to listen to Abbey Road, guys. Yeah, listen to Abbey Road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My and, and join the twentieth and twenty first century. 
<laughs> Join anyone who's ever played an instrument. Yeah, in with the life. rest of the world. So. <laughs> All right, man. So my next album, I'm fired up about this one. Um, it is The Narrative by an artist who goes by the name of Sho Baraka. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not assuming people have heard this man. I'm actually assuming they have not, which is a, a crime. Uh, Sho Baraka is a hip-hop artist. He is a poet. He is an activist. He is a uh, Christian. He is a lyricist. He is a, a content director. He's a just a professor. He taught his first college course uh, this past mm-hmm. year. But uh, this album, The Narrative, came out in 2016. 2016, for a, for a lot of... Uh, a lot of America was a collective racial identity development moment. So it's it's where we all like we I'm saying we as in the black community kind of realize like okay there's we're we're wrestling and processing things differently here. We're feeling a lot of things. I'm not entirely sure what to do with. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Show Baraka drops this album, and it is like it is it is all it is it's healing it's clever uh the production is amazing the the beats he put together are fantastic and uh the message he, that he, he conveys uh tackles so many different subjects um this album was also coming out of uh, a little bit of controversy with record labels and things like that you know show was formerly with reach records which was like a giant in chh uh, sorry giant and christian hip-hop mm-hmm. and um which by the way that's a whole nother world uh, the christian hip-hop world i'm a bit of a chh junkie i mm-hmm. love reading all the interviews of why these guys are doing these things and and all that stuff you want to hear me rant and get fired up ask me questions about christian hip-hop and that world mm-hmm. and um and there, there's so much talent in there that does not get exposed because it's it's kind of trapped in a chh bubble which is so unfortunate. Anyway, uh, see, I'm already ranting. But uh, <laughs> this album, uh, so it's it, it's his first album that he did with uh, under Humble Beast, which is another Christian hip hop record label. But they also do like different art and books and things like that. And um, you know, people like to talk about stuff. So when he leaves Reach, there's all this controversy. Mm-hmm. Oh, what happened? Oh my goodness, him and Lecrae are butting heads. What did we do? And um, and then he, this album drops, and Lecrae is featured on the album. Yeah, yeah. and people are just like, wait. What and he and he addresses certain things and um, you know and even in interviews he he talked about you know there was a falling out with Lecrae and then they reconciled in a in a very mature type of way in a good way and uh, I don't know just seeing Lecrae on here was just like cool to see after all the explosion of the controversy and things like that but um, this record was controversial for a lot of reasons uh, the things he addressed. Um, aren't necessarily things people are comfortable with. It's a, it's a whole thing about uncomfortable conversations. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like this album will create an uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. And, uh, and he's not doing it just to be controversial or to, to start conflict. He's storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, he's talking about his experience. He's, he's willing to talk about his own flaws. He's willing to talk about the flaws that he's experienced. He's willing to get into dicey, hard, complicated issues. And he does so, so poetically and so yeah. brilliantly that uh, you are getting educated as you listen mm-hmm. to the album. Mm-hmm. You, and you know what would be a fun thing to do is if you just go through and, uh, this album and look at all the names he dropped yeah, and yeah. then do a tiny bit of research on who these well, people Banneker, were. Well, Banneker, oh my goodness. Dude, I, yeah. it's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Hill Perry uh, is featured on this album on, uh, he calls it Kanye 2009, 2009. That's the name of the song yeah. where it says Kanye rant. But then, you know, there's also a... Uh, 
a humbling, a, a humility that is in this album. And it, it, and something he does here. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think being, you know, black reformed and different kind of things, you just have to wrestle with certain, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Certain things that kind of just butt heads with one another. Like, yeah. okay, I am this, but I'm also this. You yeah. know, it's not a clear cut. Let me just slap on these healthy labels and, and mm-hmm. we're set to go. And uh, he really, like, something this album helped me with was understanding my ethnic identity, mm-hmm. celebrating that, celebrating Jesus, and understanding that my experience in where I was um, is going to be different from from my white brothers and sisters. And, like, that's mm-hmm. good and that's okay. Yeah. And there's a way to wrestle with these hard truths. There's a way to um, wrestle with sin within me and celebrate blackness and celebrate how God created me and just celebrate who we are. And so like, as I'm listening to these things, yeah. I'm just like, dude, there is a way to take black experience and, and these kind of things and wed it beautifully with yeah. theology and, and passion and pursuing mm-hmm. the gospel that, uh, is helpful in so many ways. It's not like, yeah, it, it was, uh, this, this album gets me going, man. Yeah. I, I love it. I'm so thankful for show Barack and his consistency in these things. So like the narrative yeah. came out in the midst of all controversy, but he he had been talking about these things like for since since he first started coming out with yeah. uh, with music. It's yeah. something he's always been addressing, yeah. and he does a very holistic approach to uh, tackling these kind of issues. And he has been consistent, yeah. and he celebrates the church. He hates it when people start bashing the church. Mm-hmm. He's just like That's you know clear. what like. Yeah. It, it leaves people bashing the church. He's like, they're not in community groups. They're yeah. not in uh, fellowship with booths. And I was like, okay, this dude's covering all kinds of things. Yeah. And so yeah. I appreciate Show Baraka. Please listen yeah. to this album. It's called The Narrative. Yeah. It is one hour and five minutes long. Uh, I don't know if you do commutes, whatever. Listen to this album. Yeah. Uh, read through the lyrics. Um, you're not going to pick up on every little nuance yeah. and clever thing he does because there's too many of them. Yeah. Um, well, that's one of the things, and we'll probably have time in this conversation. But yes. For folks who have not listened to a lot of hip hop, yeah, and are trying to engage it, yes, and I know for me, I have a challenge because I'm a, I'm not an auditory learner. Okay, yeah, like yeah. like if you on my albums, the album I give you, I have no idea what most of them are talking about. <laughs> you know, yes. not because they're complicated, because I didn't pay attention. Yes. You know, I'm looking. Okay, where's the guitar? Mm-hmm. You know, and so how I listen. So so listening to to rap to listen to hip hop for me is an exercise in concentration. Mm. Cause, cause, and to get the words. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things I appreciate about this, and I think you know, if you haven't listened to it, um, and you're in my age and you're my sort of world, uh, one of the things he does really well is he he has these songs dated, and when he yes. does the songs, he is pulling those sounds. Those the, that you know, when he does uh, forward nineteen, no, sixteen nineteen. That's obviously that's a beautiful start. That's mm-hmm. a beautiful start of the thing. Um, but he does uh, love. Is it love? Nineteen fifty nine. Where are we at? Uh, yeah, love. Nineteen fifty nine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but soul, so soul. Nineteen seventy one. Yes. I mean, I, I feel like I'm. I'm listening. I'm. I'm. I'm listening to uh, to, to Curtis Mayfield. I'm, I'm listening right, to. Right. Uh, you know, the, the this is that, that's a beautiful like mm-hmm. drop in um, to uh, to you know what's going on. Yeah. Those kind of things. Um, uh, the late the one he's got that's that's in the the, the late seventies. I'm like that's George Benson. He's got George <laughs> Benson guitar, you know, roped in there. So I love that. I love that he's actually dropping in and he's using the whole production yes. for that for that song. It makes it very effective. 
But you know, if I if I'm talking to folks who are you know, how do I get engaged with this? It is you're you're listening for the point of view and what he's trying to say and all. You're not going to catch all the words, yeah, unless you're looking at the lyrics. I went back and I just started reading lyrics, yeah. um, which is very helpful. But I, and the lyrics hold up. You know, you feel like, like if, I, if I if I read these as lyrics, the content is not only clear, yeah. it's consistent. Yes, and uh, there's a beautiful balance in it of 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 commentary, mm-hmm. but personal critique. Yes, and you you That's never get a sense right. that he's self-righteous exactly that's the thing and that's what i think that's one of the biggest things i learned from this album is like he's pointing out flaws in himself yeah uh he he is recognizing there is some hypocrisy in how he's going let me read let me finish by doing this let me read these lyrics from uh i'm gonna finish something too so yes okay good well finish my section okay well do you want to close it off on this no 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 i just just i'm gonna gonna let you close off I'm going to say what I say, then yes. you close okay. off, yes. and you end this, because we're going to go over time if we don't. Yeah, I think we're already over time. Yes, okay, let's do good. it. <laughs> okay. So let me just, a quick story. Uh was listening yesterday, um, mm-hmm. two songs back-to-back. Uh, words. Words and Fathers, back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Uh, words is about, he's he's got an autistic yeah. child, yeah, and he's just talking about what it means to parent. So if you have a child with a, a disability, listen to that song. Yeah. It will it will minister to your soul. Mm-hmm. Um, and then fathers, it's just about being a father. He's speaking to yeah. a son. He's speaking to a daughter. He's yeah. and it's very it's very relevant. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm like, okay, where were you when I was raising kids? <laughs> you know, and uh, and I just think really just yeah. right on for fathers, no matter where you're at. So mm-hmm. if you're a father, listen to that song. Yes, it will inspire you. But I I was driving to to. Um, Planned Parenthood to pray yeah. uh, yesterday, and I was listening to those two songs, and basically my drive mm. was about the same amount of time as listening to both of those songs. Yeah. And I, I felt I got there, and I had such compassion mm. walking up to pray yeah. for the people who were there, yeah. people who worked there, people who were going there, yeah. to to pray to to. To intercede, Lord, please stop this. But I think the ministry of the Lord for me in that was to give me those two songs mm. to let me know God's love for children, God's love for parenting, and to go and pray and stand there and seek to minister with compassion mm. uh, and not just with concern about the social issue. Yeah. And so I thank God for that, for the way that album hit me yesterday. Mm. Um, so I'm going to turn it back over to you, but that's how it affected yeah. me. And and then even getting into the the self critique, uh, this is verse one of uh, maybe both 1865. It says, "I'm looking for a happy ending." I said, "We never had happy beginnings." I'm on my knees. I'm praying. I'm on my knees, but now I'm an easy target for them to attack me. Liberals and intellectuals justifying my anger, but when the cameras aren't there, they 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 ain't nowhere near. Oh, so eloquent, watch them pontificate, but when the smoke clears, the the blogs rebuild real estate. Mm-hmm. You sitting in your academic tower, tweeting around the hour while the poor fights the power. Oh stop it, oh stop it, you and your nonprofit, with a heart full of promise based on bad economics. 
Put your ballot in the air, pull out a lighter, then burn it. We just give away votes, make them make them Democrats earn it. Politicians don't care because they don't see a need. They won't care till we bleed on the same concrete. We burning down the neighborhoods where we live at if we don't own it. Well, let's do something to change that. It didn't change Watts. It ain't doing much now. Watch the philosophers argue while Rome burns down. Mm-hmm. He just took out everybody. Like like everyone, like he's just- In he's 2016, not- 2020. Yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, this was 2016. And uh, it's like the more time passes with this album, the more true these words, these words uh, here. Listen, oh, I have to do this. Uh, verse two, I hear disturbing things come from so-called Christians, quick to justify your man's death because of a criminal record or how a man dressed. Thugs, I guess, only perfect people get grace. If that was the Lord's way, there'll be no one in the faith. True flaw, America kills and hides behind the law. They purchase this land with violence, but never count the cost. And he just kind of go, goes on yeah, in that yeah. way. Just, yeah, just really, really well spoken, really well uh, thought out verses that yeah. just address everything. Yeah. So, yeah, good, good. Well, that's a keeper, man. That's good. So, uh, we'll be talking about music later on. But, yeah, uh, I could do a whole other episode on this album. <laughs> but we got, we, got, we got other ones yeah, to come. Yeah, we do, we do. Okay. <laughs> good. Well, we'll catch you up next time. Yes. <laughs>